It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode for you folks, we are going to be previewing the Notre Dame UVA basketball game, which will be played on Wednesday afternoon. We are going to project how we think the quarterback room will look during spring ball. And then lastly, we have a recent NFL draft declaration that got lost in the mix of the latest football news that we're going to talk about because, frankly, it is the most surprising out of any of the names that we have talked about. Before we get into that, folks, I am Joe DeLeon, former college football player from the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So let's hit the ground running here. Let's get into this UVA basketball preview. Notre Dame currently 3-7 and seven on the year. This UVA team is doing a lot better than Notre Dame is right now. The last time that they played, which was very recently, it was a 66-57 win for the Cavaliers. So it was a lopsided win for UVA. They played a really strong game. And there's a lot of key things that we, we noticed in the last time that they performed in this game that we're going to talk about. But this game is going to be 430 on the ACC Network on Wednesday. And and Ryan, frankly for me, the two key things about this game that were issues the first time they played is that they did not shoot well at all from three. And that is basically separate from Nate Leshevsky, who had 28 points in this game. And Jawan Durham had 19 points. There was no offensive parity from the other guys. The scoring totals weren't even past... 10 points for some of the other players in the rotation. And again, the big, big thing for me is that nobody shot well from three, which is so uncharacteristic for this Notre Dame team. And frankly, if they don't shoot well from three, they're just not going to win basketball games. No, I mean, you're completely right. And it's this is what Virginia basketball does with Tony Bennett. You know, they are a suffocating defense. And you mentioned Nate Leshevsky, Jawan Dorm actually had some success the first time around, which is not super expected, of course, at least on the Jawan Dorm side of things. Nate Leshevsky has been awesome. I think that what really is going to be key though, is you have the right formula there when you're talking about, Hey, we need to threaten inside and we need to get some spacing available for kickout passes for threes. Like that is probably a huge point that I think that really need to take advantage of this time around because, because the interior scoring was fine the first time around. It's just guys like Prentice hub and Cormac Ryan and, and all these guys were not taking advantage of opportunities outside, and we need another big game from Lashevsky. We need Jawan Dorm to use his size and, and get some points inside. We need to start down low, and then you need to be able to hit open jump shots. It just needs to happen. Trey Wirtz coming off of a only three-point outing against Virginia Tech in 18 minutes. We need him to give us some scoring, whether it's as a starter or off the bench. We need to get him going. And I feel like the big, the big person I'm going to be watching – is not Leshevsky. It's not Cormac Ryan. It's not Trey Words. It's not Goodwin. Some of our, you know, our better scores. The one guy that started out the year awesome 
was Prentice Hub. And he just, over the last stretch of games, man, like he just is, he's struggling shooting. He's just taking some uncharacteristically difficult shots. And we really need to get him going here. He needs to be a huge X factor in this way because, I mean, the first couple of games of the season, we were talking about him being the team MVP, best player on Notre Dame's roster. Lashewski has kind of taken over that mantle, taken over that mantra, and we need to get anything that we can get out of Prentice, man, because I think that he is our most talented perimeter scorer, and we need him to really show up to have a chance against this UVA team. Right, and I think that goes perfectly in line with me talking about how there needs to be more offensive parity. And parity starts with the guys who are supposed to step up against big opponents doing exactly that. And Lashevsky has done that consistently all year. He's had a lot of really good games. He shot well from three. But Prentice Hub, on the other hand, it seems like teams have figured him out. They realize, hey, this guy's not that hard to slow down. That's the current issue that we're dealing with, and Bray, Mike Bray is struggling to figure out maybe ways to get him involved, to get him going a little bit better. But I would argue that the current losing streak for this Notre Dame team, a big reason why is because Prentice Hub is just not playing well. Nate Lashevsky is a fantastic basketball player, but this Notre Dame team is not the type of team that is just going to win off of one good scoring performance if everybody can't even get over nine points. There needs to be more effort not effort because these guys are going hard but there needs to be more contribution from a lot of these guys on this lineup and and this UVA team very good right now it's a complete opposite look on two different programs Notre Dame currently on a losing streak UVA on the other hand on a three-game winning streak they're seven and two this year so far they are doing pretty well despite some postponements in ACC play and they're going to continue to try to stay as consistent as possible this has to be one of the more important games for Notre Dame and I know we say that a lot but any game when you're on a losing streak is your next most important game because you need to end the streak the best time to do it is against a top quality ACC opponent it's momentum the momentum mantra right like in order to get things turned around you need a momentum switcher you need something to be able to just kill the momentum in the wrong direction get it going and I think that the group effort is really uh, I think it's a it's what needs to be done and it's what needs to be talked about because like when you look at the box score right like let's talk about just the general box score for a second Nate Lashevsky's shooting 64 percent from from uh the field 57 from three Guys like Dane Goodwin are shooting 44 from three. We have Trey Ward shooting 46. Like, there's some good pieces here, man. It's just the guys like Prentice Hub now only shooting 36% from the floor, 29 from three. Cormac Ryan right around the same in both areas, actually only shooting 30% from the field after what was an okay start for Cormac Ryan. We, we have to be able to hit from all cylinders because we have seen the biggest point of, um, of disconnect for this team to, from being a potential good team to actually a good team is their bench scoring is just not what it is. So if your bench mm-hmm. scoring isn't great, your stars need to play up to play up to par every game. And right now Prentice Hub, Cormac Ryan, they're not bringing that consistent outside shooting that Notre Dame needs. We've seen it in spurts. We have seen games where both players are on. And when they are on, putting that in with the Lashevskys and the good wins and even the Juwan Dorms of the world, the, the consistency that they've shown us a little more on the offensive end. That is when Notre Dame's going to flip the switch 
and maybe change what the perception of this season will be because they are a lot more talented than 3-7 and seven says right now. They just need to really put it all together. We have seen some spurts, but it has been disjointed efforts for the most time, and we are waiting on that game where Notre Dame finally gets it all together and they say, hey, we could potentially turn this thing around. Coming up, we are going to talk about Notre Dame's quarterback room, who we think will be the lead man during spring ball and how things will turn out during that. Before we get to it, folks, let's talk about Bet Online. Are we ready for the playoffs at the NFL level? We've got a lot of good games that happened this last weekend, some wild ones. The Browns smoking the Steelers. Did you take the Browns to cover? I don't think so. If you did or you didn't, maybe you had a hunch and you decided not to, don't be that guy. Go put your money down, and the best place to do it is Bet Online. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And also make sure you subscribe to our show too, folks, to hear anything about Notre Dame athletics and to stay up to date on all of our content. So let's get into talking a little bit of this quarterback room. And thankfully, we've got some uh, uh, riding off of the latest news of Jack Cohn coming to play for Notre Dame, the Wisconsin quarterback. It's perfect timing to have this discussion because it's a week later. And we felt that what we're going to do throughout this offseason, this winter period of time, typically when winter workouts are, when you're doing your winter conditioning and your strength training, that's when you're having also meetings as well, and you're trying to figure out who is going to be the key contributors at various position groups. You'll, you'll notice certain guys developing and getting stronger. Right now is when all of the money is made for these guys. This is how you see crazy jumps from the season and into spring ball or even into next season. So the effort here is to project how we think the group will look during spring ball. And then after spring ball, we're going to do the same thing over the summer, talking about who we think is going to start during the season. So the quarterback room, a little bit easier to do than some of these other groups because it's such a small unit right now. But Ryan, I want to hear from you, and then we're going to have a little bit of back and forth. What do you think is going to be the ordering here? Actually, the first thing I want to just touch base on, is Tyler Buckner going to be there? Is, is he in one of the early enrollees? I believe I saw that he was. Yeah, yeah, I believe I believe to my knowledge he is one of the early enrollees. So with that in mind, I mean, J- let's be honest here. Jack Cohn did not transfer to Notre Dame with the intent to be in a quarterback competition. I'm sure there were obviously, you know, the coaches have to play that. Oh, we'll see who the best player is. 
I'm sure they've had some conversations about Jack Cohn leading the offense for Notre Dame next year. He wouldn't have transferred for a single year if I didn't think that that possibility was on the table for him. So Jack Cohn, for me, is a pretty easy assumption that he is going to be the starting quarterback in 2021 for Notre Dame. The rest of the order, I think, is going to kind of fill out a little bit like this. Drew Pine, who is going to be a redshirt freshman, we saw in the playoff game that when Ian Book, uh, when they took Ian Book out of the game, uh, when he got hurt at one point, Drew Pine came in. He was the first man off the bench at the quarterback position. I don't see why that's going to change, especially in a backup role where he's probably not going to play a ton, barring an injury to Jack Cohn. So I think that he is the clear guy that's probably going to be the second string. Third string now is the the interesting um, interesting spot and conversation to have, in my opinion. Because we have Tyler Buckner, who you just mentioned, high four-star kid, boarding on a five-star player out of California, very talented quarterback, one of the most talented quarterbacks Notre Dame has recruited in a few years now. So he is going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to want to talk about. And then obviously we have Brandon Clark, who is going to be a redshirt sophomore quarterback, a former three-star out of Virginia. And then the last guy in the quote-unquote competition will be Ron Paulus III. Now, Ron Paulus was a little of an under-recruited kid. A lot of people thought that he was just going to be a preferred walk-on, even though he ended up getting a, a scholarship offer from Notre Dame. I think that he's the odd man out. He's a clear um, redshirt candidate as a true freshman. I believe that as a third-string quarterback, you're not threatening much as far as your ability to maintain that red shirt. There is now the rule where you can play in four football games and not burn a red shirt. So I think Tyler Buckner is actually going to be in that spot. I think that Tyler Buckner is going to play more football potentially in 2021, maybe in some lopsided affairs, than that of a Brandon Clark. Now, I think another big conversation piece is Hey, if, if that happens and Brendan Clark is not the third stringer, is he a transfer candidate? I think it might be because then we're talking about four guys, four young, um, three, four young quarterbacks now on the roster in Pine, Buckner, Clark, and Paulus. And I mean, eventually there's going to be a couple odd man out in that conversation. Jack Cohn is, is the anomaly. He's the redshirt senior. He doesn't matter in that conversation on long-term outlook. But the, I think the question is going to be posed, hey, Brandon, if, if you're not going to move now, when are you going to move? So I anticipate mm -hmm. that if this does go in this direction, Brandon Clark might be the odd man out in this in this scenario. I think Tyler Buckner might get in a couple football games because you have that red, new redshirt rule that, that they enacted a couple years ago. And he, and But I still believe, in, and when it all comes down to it, the most important player outside of Jack Cohn is going to be Drew Pine for 2021 because I think if anything does happen – to Cone, that would be the first man off the bench. Yeah, just a couple pieces for me that I agree the most with. Cone is is likely going to be the starting guy in here. He's the most veteran player coming into this group. He's played the most football games. They and typically I, I've seen it multiple times in my time at URI. We've had a couple FBS guys transfer down to URI, and those guys are immediately given the benefit of the doubt. They're immediately put either in the two spot or in some cases, if you have a really young quarterback room, they'll even be put in the one spot. And if they're not in the one spot, they'll usually only be there for a week. And then they'll eventually figure out that this guy's light years ahead of everybody maturity wise, uh, mentally and all that stuff. So Cone is, is not going to take very long for him to take over that first spot during spring ball. He'll probably take a majority of the reps. No knock on Drew Pine. I think Drew Pine has been a 
is a great football player, but just looking at his measurables, what we saw from him very briefly in the national championship game and some other various snaps, I think we both can agree that he's just not the guy. He is not going to be starting at quarterback for Notre Dame. They're going to give Cone every opportunity to fail because of what they're technically investing in him, which is a graduate transfer from a Big Ten school. But the one thing I believe a lot of people might not be considering that if maybe you're like, oh, what are you guys talking about? Why the heck would Tyler Buckner be three? He's a four-star recruit. When you have spring ball and you have a situation like this, you have an early enrollee. They're not usually going to be given the benefit of the doubt like a grad transfer will. It's going to be tough for him to just slide his way into that three spot. Now, I'm willing to bet he'll go out there in quarterback drills. He'll start slinging it and Tommy Reyes is going to be like, holy crap, this this kid really has a good arm. That is what's probably going to put him in that three spot. But it's going to take some time for a true freshman to undo what Drew Pine and the reputation he's already built. For him to undo any of that, it's probably going to take him further than spring ball. If he's going to take that leap above him, which I think is fairly possible to be the second quarterback on the step chart, and then eventually the starter after Cone's gone, it's probably going to be during training camp or the first few weeks of the regular season during practice. And Jack Cohn's a guy that's coming off an injury, right? Like he missed the entirety of the 2020 season. So I think the worst situation that you could be in is that Jack Cohn's your guy and you have to burn that redshirt opportunity with Buckner if he is somehow your second quarterback. Like I think that you want to preserve that to the best of your ability. Drew Pine is the guy that's going to come off the bench because he's already had his redshirt. You know, there's no, there's no one year back for him. If, if, Buck, I just can't imagine the Notre Dame coaching staff saying, Buckner, you're number two because you're the most talented comparative to Drew Pine and Brandon Clark, but we're going to sacrifice a year of eligibility for you as a non-starter. Like, I just don't think that that is a mindset they're going to have. I don't think it makes any sense from a long-term outlook. I think that they're going to do whatever they can to try to get Tyler Buckner some game action because, in theory, he's the starter going into 2022 as long as everything works out and he, and, he, and he pulls his part of the bargain. I think that that is another assumption that we can make, that he is the most talented quarterback on the roster, even including Cone. And with a year of weight training and limited game action, potentially he could be ready for 2022. The worst you could do to him is go into 2022 with him only with him now being a true sophomore comparative to a redshirt freshman because then you're kind of handcuffing yourself a little bit with potential uh, you know down the road depending on how things go. Now he might be a player that 3 years down the line he's so good and he's so talented that it didn't really matter that you redshirted, but if he's if if he's, you know, a good quarterback his first couple years and then he really takes that jump maybe as a redshirt junior, let's say, then we had Four years of starting, uh, three years of starting experience for a guy like Tyler Buckner. We didn't have, we weren't handicapped to the possibility of him coming back to a fifth year because we chose that playing five football games as a backup was more important than his long term outlook. When I was a freshman, it was the year right before they enacted that that four game redshirt rule, and I can tell you, it sucks blowing a year of eligibility off of a few games. Playing five football games, it's great getting to play as a freshman, but you lose a whole season that you could have played the following year. So I 100% am on the same page as you, and I'm hoping Buckner realizes that. I'm sure he does. He understands the the climate and how things work with eligibility, that it's probably better for him if he's not heads above Jack Cohn, which is probably not going to happen during training camp. He's not going to be light years ahead of him. If it's close, they're going to give the edge to Cohn based on experience. If that's not happening... 
Take the whole year off. Let Pine sit ahead of you. Focus on school. Focus on your body. Get right is is ultimately going to be the focus for this Notre Dame offense and what they're going to do with Tyler Buckner. Coming up, we are going to talk about Tommy Tremble, of all people, declaring for the NFL draft. Before we get to that, Ryan, let's hear your thoughts on Rock Auto. Well, Rock Auto is the place to go for all of your car needs. They are they are comparative to chain stores that have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and you are and they are all reliably low. RockAuto.com also always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. What right locked on on their how did you hear about us section so that they know that we were the ones that sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you, your car will ever need at rockauto.com. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked on Peacocks and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you subscribe to our show as well. Leave a review. We could use some more reviews. We only have 21 right now. I still want to bump the one that we have on there from the old hosts. It's a one-star review, not reflective of us because, folks, we know it. We're fantastic, obviously. <laughs> no, we're not We're not that full of ourselves. Let's talk about a guy that, that did a, a, something that was very unexpected, Tommy Tremble, tight end. One of the guys that was in the mix that was rotating and playing a lot. There were so many different tight ends that you can't really pinpoint who was tight end one on this Notre Dame team. But Tommy Tremble using a very interesting capacity, declared for the NFL draft. And this was something that got a little bit lost, like I said, in the in the Marcus Freeman, the Terry Joseph news. We wanted to touch on it because this was pretty surprising to happen over the weekend. This is something that we weren't expecting to happen. We thought that with the eligibility he had 
I believe as a junior, he would likely come back. More specifically, because of the type of tight end he is, the size that he has at the position, he's a lot more of an H-back than he actually is a tight end. Now, some teams are going to like that versatility and are going to try and grab a guy like that, that they can use as a receiving weapon, that is going to be a hell of a blocker. But the one weird thing, Ryan, is like Dane Brugler says he might be a second to a fourth round pick. I don't know about that. But this is still just a very, very surprising declaration because it's just who he is and the type of a player he is. Yeah, and it's it's really funny too because if you the, one of the funniest things I, I've never talked to you about this, but one of the funniest things on the depth chart all season is Brock Wright was technically listed as the starter every game, and I'm like, that is not <laughs> true. <laughs> did like, he even dude, play? <laughs> I, was, he, I mean, he did. He did. He rotated as the blocking tight end, but I'm like, come on, man. Tommy Tremble and Michael Mayer are the guys that are on the field the majority of snaps for tight end. It's just right. a little, little funny side note there. And yeah, I mean, I, I, so I haven't put him under the full microscope from a scouting lens yet. So I don't have like where I would, where I would project him, where I think that he fits. The only thing I can go off of here, as far as NFL draft flies for 2021, is like you said, Dan Brugler projects him. Hey, he could be somewhere from two to four, which I haven't heard any buzz on him. This is why it took me so off guard. I, I had heard somebody before say like, "Oh, is Tremble coming back or whatever?" It was like a couple weeks ago, and I'm like. Why? Why wouldn't he? <laughs> like, is he? Is right. he? Is he to that degree? Like, I, I know he's a good football player. I've watched him play a bunch. You know, obviously, number twenty-four. You're asking him to do a bunch of things in line as a fullback, as an H back, out wide at times. Like, he does a lot of things for Notre Dame. But is he to that degree as only a redshirt sophomore? Because he did he did redshirt in twenty eighteen. So this is only his second year of action and only his first year of like legit action because he mixed in with Cole Kmet last year. He was kind of like the second fiddle. But this year was his first year of like super substantial starting experience. So now we're looking at this guy who's listed around six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. Nice athlete, blocks his tail off. There's, I, I think there is a lot of upside in him as a pass catcher because I, you know Michael Mayer kind of took over a little bit of the uh, the volume from him from the tight end position. So I think that his upside is a little more substantial than we've seen as a volume pass catcher. But it just seems a little odd, you know, because you don't typically see third-year guys in general, you know, leave early from Notre Dame, especially a guy that I would have liked to be highlighted more next year. You know, maybe he gets up to the, instead of the the 19, I think he had 19 catches for like 200 yards or something. Instead of like 19, 20 catches, maybe next year he gets 40, you know, and then you're starting to look at him, you're like, okay, all, all the versatility that he has, the athletic upside that he has, and he has some reduction to back him up feel like this is very much a projection-based pick. So for me, like when, he, when I heard the declare, I'm like, he's probably somewhere in the mid-day three conversation. Maybe he's a fifth rounder. Now, again, that's kind of an incomplete evaluation. I will have a better you know, detail of him probably in a couple weeks here. But it sounds like maybe the NFL might be higher on him. They might be a guy that's been on the radar a little bit. For me, though, like just looking at this for now, I think this is a little bit of a, a an odd declaration. Not that he's not an NFL player. I think he absolutely is. I think he has upside, like I keep saying. But is he comfortable enough with what he put on film and the evaluation he put on to say, I didn't need those last two years potentially. Actually, I guess three years because everybody got that extra year. So you left two to three years off the table. And what is a very talented tight end group with Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth and Brevin Jordan and Hunter Long. There's a lot of tight ends this year. So I feel like if he would have stuck it out, even though next year's class might be a little oversaturated with so many people returning to school, if you're the top tight end off the board, 
then, you know, it doesn't matter how oversaturated it is because you're at the top of the class. So I just think it's a little bit of a strange, a strange decision. Certainly a talented player, but I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if I completely agree with this early declaration. Yeah, and he's talented. That's the thing that you mentioned here. He's, he's a talented guy. He, um, he, he could end up being a strong contributor for an NFL team. It's not like he's lacking in athleticism. Six foot four, two fifty. The his strengths that he showed is more usage as again as an H back. Maybe more teams are going to try and use him as a straight up tight end. We don't really know what his NFL projection is going to be like based on who takes him. I think there that that's the good thing here with him is is that versatility that teams could use use him in a number of different ways. It, whatever one team picks him up to do could be different than what another intends to do based on their draft board. But like the big key thing that you mentioned for me that I'm the most hung up on is I, I just don't understand why you would come out of all years this year when there's going to be such a run on Fryermuth, Jordan, and then um Kyle Pitts, who's going to go really early, I, I just think that he might get lost in the weeds a little bit with that top tier of a group when he didn't statistically do anything that made himself a notable name. I just, I, I feel like he might be selling himself short and he could have made more money the following year had he come out. And I think also, you know, we're talking about just from his perspective, but from a team perspective, you're going to be very young. You know, you're replacing four or five offensive linemen. You're replacing both your starting wide receivers. You're replacing your quarterback. The positions that you felt good about was the running back depth and then the tight end room with Tremble and Mayer. Now that tight end room takes a little bit of a hit. And obviously Michael Mayer is a great young player, probably going to be a first-round pick in two seasons if he chooses to declare for 2023. Like, he's that talented. But now you need to find his partner in crime because Brock Wright, I, I don't know if he's coming back with that extra year or not, but he is a, he was a redshirt senior, so in theory – he is out the door as well. So now your depth at tight end is a little iffy, which just from a team perspective was one of your strengths going into 2021. Folks, that's going to be it from us on today's show. Stay tuned tomorrow. As I said yesterday, we've got Dalen Hayes coming on the show. It's going to be a fantastic interview. Hopefully he is still available to come on and we don't have a Malik Sayer situation. <laughs> no, but Malik is definitely going to, or uh, um, Dalen Hayes is definitely going to come on. So, um, we'll get to hear from him. We're going to have a great conversation with him. So stay tuned for that one, folks. Follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and at Locked on Irish. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. And lastly, if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on over to Locked on Bets or Peacock and Williamson. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.